Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short, about a 13-minute study each day from God's Word. How important it is for us to get into God's Word every single day that we possibly can, because that helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But being in God's Word helps us keep our focus on our relationship with God and upon our soul's salvation. Now, you know people in your life, probably some within your own family, who need to change the focus in their life. They need to start thinking seriously about their relationship with God and about their soul's salvation, about eternity, because it's coming. So share these short studies with them. You can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, but you need to make up your mind, make that commitment, and follow through and start sharing every day with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can. What a great blessing it will be for somebody to turn their life around, to change their focus, and end up in heaven because you help them get into God's word. But you know that will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, asking the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, we looked at this in a first section basis, going back to why do bad things happen to good people? Basic, bottom line, one word answer, sin. Sin ruined everything. And that's not saying, again, that a person commits a sin and God strikes them with a broken leg, <laughs> or he, he strikes them with some grievous illness. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that because sin is everywhere, that's man's greatest problem. It taints, it taints life to a great extent in this world, physical life. God created us in his image, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. We have a soul. We are unique from everything else that God created. Nothing else, even our most beloved pet, a pet as an animal, does not have a soul. So while that pet might become a part of the family, it, it's still not us. It's not the same. It's not a spiritual being. We have a soul. God created us to understand the difference between right and wrong, between goodness and evil between godliness and ungodliness. We alone have that ability because we have a soul. We have a spiritual being within our physical bodies. Sin has ruined everything. We talked about how when mankind became sinners in the Garden of Eden, everything changed. Death became a reality. Spiritual death because of sin, but physical death as a consequence of sin. And all of the maladies, all of the difficulties, all of the sickness, the sorrows, the pains, the hurts, the agonies, everything that contributes or at least leads up to physical death, all of that we could look at and say, that's a result of sin. The reality of sin within the human race. Well, we're in the second section, we're talking about how we have a skewed view of goodness when it applies to mankind. We look at our cousin and say, that's a good, that, that's a good person over there. Why did, they have to, why did they have to be mentally handicapped? Or we might say, that's a good, 
good person over there. Who? Well, my brother or my sister. Why did they have to have this chronic pain virtually their entire life? Or why did that person have to be diagnosed with cancer? Or why did that person have to be in that car, rash, car, a car accident and get killed? Good people, good person, good person, over and over again. But how do we classify good again? Are we really good? Some people, they don't believe in God. And when you don't believe in God, you've put out of your your realm of existence, your mindset, you've put that out of your mind. There is no basic standard for goodness then in your life. There isn't. It's impossible to define true goodness on a consistent basis without God. He is the standard. But even more people, and this would be more prevalent, they just put God out of their mind. They believe in him, they just, but they put him out of their mind because uh, they're not living a godly life. And so to have to think about God, to have to think about his teachings in the Bible, oh, that violates their conscience, makes them uncomfortable. It's annoying, and so they just put him out of their mind. Well, again, when they do that, they've put the basic standard for goodness out of their mind. So how do we determine who is truly good? God is good. We read a number of passages of scripture, just a very small sampling, that repeatedly refer to God as being good. On the other hand, when we look at us as from our physical perspective, we sin, don't we? Even the best of us, when we're trying to live as godly a life as we can, as we say and search the scripture uh, as we say in today's Bible class, we try to get into God's word as much as we can every day. We still make mistakes. Proverbs 20 and verse 9, who can say, I have made my heart clean. I am pure from my sin. The answer, nobody, because we keep making mistakes. Now that does not mean that we're not trying to live a good life, but we keep, we keep messing up along the way. I can't make myself good in and of myself, by myself, on my own, by my power and authority. Only God can cleanse us of the guilt of our sins, and that's only as we come to him through our Savior, his Son, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness and salvation. The wise man wrote in Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 20, For there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. If we think about true goodness as being absolutely sinless all the time, <laughs> none of us are good. But God wants to count us as being good as we live our lives in dedication to him as we strive to the best of our ability to live faithfully and obediently to him. In 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, the Apostle Paul wrote, and this is one of the most, to me, it's one of the most, maybe the most encouraging scripture to the Christian. Now, we could look at other passages of scripture that talk about coming to salvation through Christ. We could say, yeah, yeah, number one there, number one, number two. But one of the most encouraging scriptures to the Christian is 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, where Paul said, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. And God is faithful. 
who will not allow you to be tempted beyond your means or beyond your ability to be able to bear the temptation. And with the temptation, he'll also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it or say no. So God has fixed it. He has promised us that we don't have to sin because he'll never let us be confronted by some temptation that is so overwhelming that we cannot say no to it with his help. Now, we still stub our toe. We make mistakes along that line, but that's on us. It's not something we have to do. It's something we succumb to. Because again, see, in and of ourselves, by ourselves, we're not good. But we can be counted good through Christ, by God. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 9, the Apostle Paul wrote, What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. Now those two classifications, Jews and Greeks, in the culture of that day, the Jewish mindset of that day, that meant everybody. So we're talking about all humanity. So we have previously charged that everybody everywhere, okay, that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands, there is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. By ourselves, on our own, in and of ourselves, we're not good. We have to come to God for goodness through Jesus Christ. In the 23rd verse of Romans chapter 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that means everybody again, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. We, we make mistakes, every one of us. And even when we're doing our best, we still become weak at times and we still commit sin. Now, as we become Christians, then we can enjoy, we can have confidence in God's grace and mercy that he will always forgive us as we come to him for forgiveness in prayer through Jesus Christ because he knows we're weak and he wants to forgive. Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So as long as we continue to come to him in true repentance, seeking his forgiveness, then God will forgive. And that ought to comfort us tremendously. When we look in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 22, Paul wrote, but the scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. All under sin again. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and, and we keep reading that over and over and over again, that we still make mistakes. We still need to turn to God for forgiveness because we are weak. We are weak. We need to recognize that and recognize that we need to continually walk with God and do the best we can to live by his teachings so that we can have confidence that he counts us as being good.
We'll dig a little bit deeper next time. Let's turn to our Heavenly Father right now and pray. Father, oh, we are weak. We need your strength. Sometimes we're foolish. We need your wisdom. Sometimes we don't know which way to go. We need your guidance. Please, Father, be with us in all of these ways and more. Be with us in every way and guide us and help us to live our lives in goodness by walking in godliness, Father. Help us to be good. Thank you for loving us so much that you have made the way for us to come out of sin and to be counted righteous before you through Jesus Christ. Please, gracious Father, we pray for your forgiveness and hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.